4: Never takes a step back, except in the face of more power. Malcolm X said that in the '60s, and 2020, this is more true than ever before. In this episode for Alice and versus Banishment, we're going to explore live on the scenes the Echo Park rising up and standing against the anti-unhouse sentiment and enforced eviction that the police, Mitchell Farrell, and the mayor is trying to impose on Echo Park neighbors.
2: You know, PD comes out here at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning just to rile people up and scare them with the threat of eviction. That's unacceptable. Um, terrorizing our unhoused brothers and sisters who are already in, you know, some of the darkest times of their lives, it's it's inhumane.
4: The unhoused and housed ra- neighbors have banded together. And they have a special message for you and other communities that are facing the same torturous treatment against the unhoused. from Louisiana House. I have Bishop John Taylor. He has a church. I don't want to you the name, so please help me out. So, Theo, I'm the Episcopal
5: Bishop of Los Angeles. We're actually in five and a half counties from uh, Orange County, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, Ventura, San Bernardino, and part of Riverside County. About 134 churches, 200 institutions in all.
4: Wow, that's a lot.
5: <laughs> How do you keep track of it all? Well, because we got a lot of good people uh, doing the work of the gospel all over the... Uh, all- all over the region, and our job at the, a diocese, our offices are neighbors here of this encampment right here in Echo Park, is to provide kind of support services and inspiration administrative support for all of those Episcopalians all over the region. So, uh, what brought you here? What drew you here to Echo Park right late? Well, uh, once again, we're here because we're bearing witness uh, for those who have no place else to live, who are doing their best to be our good neighbors here in the park, until we, as a community, figure out how to make a long-term, safe and secure uh, uh, provision for the people who are living here. And we don't think it's necessary to evict them because um, they're doing their best to be good neighbors. It's not ideal for anyone. Uh,
4: but we need to come up with a solution uh, uh, that takes care of everybody before we evict people. Yeah. Outstanding. So one of the things I noticed is, too, because it seems like the Mitchell Farrell and the police are everybody putting the cart before the horse. Where will they go if they're trying to evict people if they want law and order and there's nowhere for them to go? Do you have any suggestions? So, what politicians do is they listen to all
5: the voices, they listen to property owners, uh, they listen to people who vote, and sometimes people who don't own property and who don't vote uh, don't speak with as loud a voice because we're in a reality of a political situation. So, what we're doing here is trying to say there aren't necessarily any bad people in this situation, there's just competing interests, and it's the responsibility of a humane and decent society to put the weakest and the least well-resourced first, because if a humane society doesn't do that, nobody will. So a society as rich as ours needs to find a way to put the least well-resourced first. That's what a humane society does. That's what a God-driven society does.
4: Well said. Also, I was going to say this episode is about ballots and banishment, and I'm teaching and empowering the unhoused community to learn how to vote, um, or to uh, exercise their right because they are constituents here. A lot of Uh, people do not believe that they're constituents and they don't vote, and many do. I don't think a lot of unhoused people realize, as you know so well, Theo, Mm
5: -hmm. that a person who does not have a fixed residence can register to vote by just saying, where's the place they spend most of their time? That can be their address. We've got a situation in this country where we seem as though we're obsessed with politics, but only half of eligible voters vote. What you find when you look at who votes, people who have a lot of property tend to vote more, People who are richer tend to vote more and frankly people who are white tend to vote more. What we need in our country is greater voter turnout because everybody deserves to be represented. If we had two or three percent more turnout in the 2020 election, we would have a transformed country.
4: We need people to
5: vote and we need to organize as well for voter rights. That is
4: excellently point. Thank you very much uh, Bishop John Taylor. Uh, this is Theo Henderson from William House and I, if you want to leave anything, with us uh, any quote or scripture or anything i'm just so
5: grateful for the opportunity to be here uh, and hear the passion of uh, both those who live here and those who support them and frankly be indicted a little bit by some voices who say that the church needs to do more because the church does need to do more and i admit that theo and 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 we're going to do it for jesus thank you very much well said thank you theo god bless
3: you thank you
4: This is C.O. Henderson from Louisiana House. I'm right now in the thick of Echo Park Rising, and that really means what it sounds like. The Echo Park residents and House residents have banded together to make Mitchell Farrell listen to their voices. He's trying to get their attention. On the park, I'm washing around and I'm seeing signs on tents. One of them says, Mitch meets with the rich, but leaves us in the ditch. On another tent that I see here, if everyone can't afford the rent, they shouldn't, blanking, take our rent. So there seems to be a lot of movement going on. There are new camera crews here. And right now I'm going to interview one of the people from Los Angeles, Can His name is Pete White. Pete White, could you give us a quick statement on what's
6: going on here? Yeah, and so we are out here on a beautiful yet ugly morning at Echo Park. And we are looking and witnessing the deployment of a vast amount, an enormous amount of resources, state resources, aimed at removing people from the park with no option. We're looking at also a beautiful display of resistance as housed and unhoused Angelinos come together and say, no more, no way, not today. I'm noticing there's bulldozers and police cars all around the trucks. What's yeah. going on here? Why are they using bulldozers? And so, tents? right, right. So it, it is quite interesting. You are absolutely right, Lloyd. We have, Theo. uh, right, Theo, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking about. Uh, so, if your view, if, you, if the viewers could see what we see, right? We see dump trucks. We see bobcats. We see personnel. We see park ranger vehicles. We see LAPD. All for the removal of foldable tents, right? Tents that weigh less than two or three pounds. And so we're very clear that this display, this display of machinery and our, our artillery is more about attempting to intimidate us away from public spaces. And we saying, no way, Theo, no way, no way, no way. One question I have before I let you go is,
4: where is the council member in all of this? I don't see Mitchell Farrell. He's, <laughs> these are, is, these unhoused people are constituents and they can vote, aren't they not? So,
6: definitely unhoused folks can vote. Uh, And it's very interesting that the leadership, Mitch O'Farrell would be the council district. He's really, really comfortable uh, with going into the lofts and the condominiums and listening to the concerns of those housed, wealthy, and largely white constituents. His black and brown and poor constituents mean nothing to him. And so, we are on the Where's Mitch campaign? Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are plans today to go to his office to see if we can find him. We know uh, from uh, protests past that he likes doing drive-bys, and so we're keeping an, an, an eye out for him, but we don't believe that he has the political leadership to actually come and address the situations.
4: It sounds like if he was up for re-election, he would be in some great peril by the looks of the community out here. Uh, I noticed that there's some commotion over there. Um, uh, Mr. White, I thank you for your time. I will probably touch base later with you.
6: Theo, thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing. It's important that we get real news from the front lines. It's not distilled by the lamestream media. Keep it up, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you, Mr.
4: White. Yep. This is Theo Henderson from We The Unhouse. I'm going to follow on to see where there's a new commotion, to see what's really going on over here. I see sanitation crews with garbage bags, and I see brooms, dustpans, and they are taking a unhoused resident's thing and putting it in the trash can, a card. There seems to be someone contesting their belongings, as well as police are converging, as well as...
1: I'm just confused, if we're in the city of LA, this is technically like Sin City itself If they're not actual trying to be all to solve, to do, to protect from Outside of people just trying to live because they're broke and poor and have nowhere else to go Is that the, going real
6: the real crime? The real crime the going on here I got bigger business fraud, y'all believe, not the people that are simply trying to live
7: They're trying to live it's a waste of our money. It's a waste, waste of, of our money. is a waste of
8: your money. money. Of our taxes to do this. This cost $3,000
9: today. At least $3,000. And these $3, are you know. people that are hard to they, they come every night.
8: They there. come every they night. They come every they night? They come every night. They just building. You know who
4: does it? Their officers' names? The officers. We don't know the names. I mean, we got Captain Lopez. Yeah, Lopez. Captain Lopez. Captain Lopez. Captain Lopez. Captain Lopez. Chief, but f-
1: That's a small man with a small ego. Got Ashley fired and now he's trying to get guns for him and his whole unit? Exactly. What right? do the Park Rangers need guns for? They're Park They're Rangers. trigger-happy. Y'all oh. take your job too damn seriously.
7: You are not commando. This is not the Navy SEALs. You are not in Afghanistan. You are not a cop. Calm down.
4: Top flight security. Calm down. <laughs> well, this is Theo Henderson from Weezy and House. This is where you hear it from. The protesters here. Uh, let's see what else uh, we can find out here. There seems to be some other Conversations going on around. There's the police officer that you mentioned, Steve. uh, Captain Lopez, I believe. Don't
6: stand on guard with guns against the community. No, we can. We can do this. This is
7: the community. Talk to us. We can do
6: this every time. or we can come to a solution right now. We can organize every time within minutes.
4: That sounds familiar because I hear police officers saying that all the time, telling you that they're going to that they keep coming around to arrest you. Is that correct? They keep coming out to, you to arrest you guys. Do they keep saying they're coming every day, or is yeah, like they there? do come every day. Actually, make things
8: happen, and that's Councilmember and Mitchell. Mitchell training Minto officers Minto to have, you, to, have to create trust,
7: and
5: then Where they come and do this. Mitch? It does not create Where trust. Is
4: Where is Mitch?
5: Where is Mitch? Where is Mitch? Where is Mitch?
4: On House News, on February 11, 2020, 15th District Councilmember Joe Piscano and Councilmember Gil Cedillo presented and directed the park rangers to be armed at parks. They further directed the Los Angeles Police and Recreation and Parks to report back with policies and procedures for the implementation of the proposal program to arm park rangers. Houseman man is suing Los Angeles City over Facebook pages used by the police. Rex Schellingberg, along with his lawyer, Carol Sobel, are suing the police in the city for allowing police officers to target and harass and release personal information about him and his living conditions. With the help of the Facebook group's volunteers and Los Angeles Police Department, they have encouraged residents to target unhoused with vigilante attacks, such as throwing ice, BB guns, and other violent acts without any supervision. In other news, Ashley Bennett, a former employee of LASA, was terminated at the behest of Mitchell Farrell, who accused her of creating anarchy and put a hit on her and her family, a mother and sister, who are still unhoused. She was their only source of income. Riverside County houseless youth is seen as shocking. The Riverside County survey counted a total of 2,811 unhoused people, including 2,045 living on the streets and 766 staying in shelters. Another 215 on the street were under 18-year-olds. Reading, California mayor requests involuntary lockdown on a houseless shelter. Mayor Julie Winters sent a state of emergency request to Governor Newsom, approved by City Council, to involuntarily detain people in houseless shelters. She complains many appear to be under the influence of unknown substances and are suffering from mental illness. The council moves to remove Matt Fisher, a houseless advocate, from the board. In particular, anti-unhoused member Mark Ryback, Mike broadback helps vigilante unhoused residents in hostile architecture schemes to displace the houseless people from camping. He has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars against shelters for unhoused people. A Brooklyn grandmother died unhoused. Joy Noel was 85 years old. She learned she had been evicted from her home. Flatbush Power Group worked tirelessly to reverse the situation. Her landlord, the Carnegie management, changed her locks and told her the belongings would be auctioned off. This is Theo Henderson from We House. UnHouse. I am out here getting different perspectives from people on what happened uh, earlier, and I understand that there's more things that's going to come on in a few minutes, but let's uh, let's get the take on from our new guest. What's your name, ma'am? My name is Susan Anderson. Okay.
7: I live in the neighborhood for uh, 50 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. When my I God. heard about this on KPPC oh, wow. and also the East Sider that comes in my email, yeah. I said, you know, this is my neighborhood. I must come down and support the people. Exactly. And I truly believe that people need a place to live. It is not healthy not to have a home. And if you're taking away someone's tent, first of Mm -hmm. all, you have to ask permission. You just can't take it. And then you must provide a safe place for people to live. The thinking just is unreasonable.
4: Yeah, I I totally agree. I I noticed today I saw uh, bulldozers. I saw a lot of cops. I saw a lot of... uh, Look like a lot of intimidation tactics. It, 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 was I'm off base? What is going on?
7: Well, I think just to see a role of police officers, knowing they're armed, standing in a line by their cars is intimidating, uh, I, I don't understand why they're here. I went up and I talked to some sanitation people and they were identified by their white suits, mm-hmm. their masks and uh, some equipment. And I said, you know, I understand that this is your job. And uh, that you work for an entity that says you have to come out and do this. And if you don't do it, you lose your job and then you lose your paycheck. So we empathize that you have to be here. You don't look happy being here doing this. And, and they thanked me for saying that because I think it's important uh, because this is really a systemic
4: thing. Hey, that's a- it is a system of the United States of America. That's the point. That's one of the points that we did on House to understand that when you are in- into a system, even though you can be the nicest person in the world, you can be, do some horrific things that give you nightmares. Um, because like some of them, there is a person that works within the city that doesn't want to really do these things, but because they are emboldened by the job and their boss, they have to do it. And if not, that's what I found out. One of the of workers was fired for trying to be humane.
7: Yes, I believe that's what happens. Yes,
4: Yes. yeah. That's just it. So uh, what else did you... Was there anything else that you... Any takeaways that you noticed here?
7: I think that there was a very... um, Among the people, there was a great deal of calmness. There were many different coalitions and groups here, which made it very exciting to see uh, the community come out and the concerns expressed. And what is quite interesting, that across the street from this encampment in the park is a large white apartment building. And I heard stories that the people there are complaining when they look out the window and see the tents and that they have had opportunities to speak with City Council Mitch O'Farrell. However, when the people representing the people that live in tents, when these groups want to dialogue with Mitch O'Farrell, they don't get that opportunity to do this. And so we really have to think of what is best for our community and the people that live in it. And we have to be supportive of those who at this moment do not have the ability to uh, pay rent and live in housing.
4: Excellently put. And there is yesterday. I've heard the many horrific stories about them. Um, for example, one of the re- one resident that passed me while I was interviewing one of the guests here is that they said parks are for children, and that's, that's the, the implication is that's the only people that should be here. So, what is your thoughts on that?
7: Well, of course, parks are for everyone that lives in the community, and even perhaps some people that might live in another community be passing by and see this lake and this beautiful pathway. The park was developed a few years ago. It's such a beautiful place to spend time that it's, it, it's welcoming everyone to be here. And this is public property. The tents are put up on the ground under trees. Uh, I think that the people deserve a beautiful place to reside. Much safer than sidewalks or being under the freeway, and uh, this just makes sense for where people can
4: set up their tent. I think that's well put, um, and I thank you for your time. This is Theo Henderson from & House, and I will keep you abreast of the further developments that I see. That seems like um, the police, most of the police are gone, and there's a few reporters still milling around. I think there's a second part of the direct action. Let's see what's going on here. Thank you very much. You're
7: very welcome. My pleasure.
4: Henderson from Weezy Unhoused and I'm here in the thick of this seems to be a uprising with the Unhoused and house community banding together to demand a meeting with Mitchell Farrell in here is one of the activists here who's uh, demanding the same thing I want to hear his impressions on the situation
10: well I think it's awful that Joe Busciano, our city council member, and Gil Cedillo, another of our, our city council members from this area, wants to arm the park rangers here in the park. Unbelievable. Give them guns on top of the police already. You know, is the, I think Joe Busciano he should be known as NRA uh, Giuseppe, you know. Oh, my goodness. The guy is too much. It's terrible.
4: Why didn't you think that they need uh, the park? The park rangers for coming into a park. What, what what what's the reason for that?
10: Well, because you know, the paymasters of the city council are the people that are producing the guns, mm-hmm. are manufacturing the guns, and they want more and more guns on the streets. You know, that's what it comes down to. What to is me. it? I know it sounds a little crazy, but I'm a little paranoid. But you know, we you can't find out who's giving them money.
4: One of the reasons I I find, and one of the uh, protesters said, is the fact that there has been some issues, some clashes between the park rangers and the residents here. Uh, why would they add fuel to the fire? That's that's confusing to me.
10: Well, yeah. the police come here every night, mm-hmm. and the rangers, and harass the the residents living in the park here mm-hmm. that are forced by our, our city not having any public housing mm-hmm. to live in tents mm-hmm. because of the high price of, of rents now. So they, they, they come here and they try to instigate it because, you know, Mitchell Farrell is pointing them over here. And this is the only place in the city, besides Skid Row, where people are really standing up. You go out to the west side and, you know, the police and the and parks, they do whatever they want out there. You know, but we're actually making a stand here and I think the city council hates it. I think Mitchell Farrell hates this more than anything.
4: I was, I think so, if they're uh, siding with vigilantes that go out and terrorize unhoused house people, vulnerable people who have no place to go. Uh, maybe, do you think that they are afraid that this will spread to other areas where other park rangers and other council members would see this kind of thing happening? Oh, well, uh, personally, I hope it spreads, you know. I hope, because we
10: know that the majority of people in LA want the uh, unhoused people to have homes. And you know what? Leaving it to the private sector to me is not going to work. We have to have social housing for the middle class, for working people, and especially for the poor. And when LA stopped building social housing back in 1955, eventually this was going to happen where people were going to be living in tents.
4: And it's been going
10: down, you know, in Skid Row for forever, you know? But now it's happening in, you know, everyday regular people's neighborhoods. They didn't see it. They could drive by Skid Row and not see it. But when it's right in your face, you feel sorry. You want You want somebody to do something.
4: It's, it's weird that you say that. Some of uh, the most of the community here, some of them are housed in this neighborhood. They want to do something, and they're wanting to help the unhoused. But there's a small fraction of the loudest voices that are always uh, calling the police on our vulnerable members. They don't want to see poverty, and they don't want to see suffering. They just want you to be gone. I have a, another question. Have you noticed that there's a bulldozer here? What do you think? Why would they be using a bulldozer on tents? Do you have any ideas on that? Well, a couple weeks ago, they had that
10: bulldozer. Dozer, and they were filling it up with stuff, you know, supposedly tents and what they called garbage, which was people's belongings, and probably some of that stuff was was some of the unhoused people over here, their uh, medication. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't look through it, and and besides, they uh, according to uh, Boise, mm-hmm. the ruling, they shouldn't be touching their their personal property.
4: It's kind of stupid. A question I have to. Ask ask you is then why is the police and the park rangers breaking the law if this is a ruling and everyone always is talking about law and order and following the law why are they uh the criminals why are they breaking the law i don't understand well the police are the biggest gang in los
10: angeles you know they have more arms they killed you know i don't know how many people they they've killed since 2012 you know on our streets here since, since Mitchell Farrell has been a city council member I don't know how many people have been, you know, seriously injured or killed by, by the police. And you know, three people die every day in the city of Los Angeles. And they're buried anonymously in a pit grave over in Evergreen Park every December. That's so a- there are a hundred thousand people every year die on the, our streets here, and it's all because of
4: city policy. I'm very sorry to hear that, but it's a true fact. Uh, uh, you had something, you, you, you're part of the church. What church are you from? Uh, we,
10: uh, at St. Athenaeus, which is uh, the Cathedral Center, over on Echo Park, three years ago, for for several years, we used to serve food to the homeless on Wednesdays, free, our church group, and Mitchell Farrell sent wrecking and Parks over here and shut us down our priest fought against it but finally he just had to give it up you know finally uh, there was nothing you can do mitch was against feeding poor people basically and that's how what a cruel you know i i'm not going to say the the word that's popping into my mind right now but that's what cruel kind of person mitchell farrell is when it comes to the rich and and people who can give him a donation, he's all there for them. But when it comes to the least among us, as a great man once said, he's 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 Pontius Pilate to me.
4: My question is this. Um, there was a, a resident, or I guess one of the rich residents came by to the protesters and said, parks are for children. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. Parks are for people. Children are people.
10: And (laughs) I'll tell you, I don't see anybody here that would be a threat to children. These are people that love children, you know, and that's, you know, that just goes to show you what people have been brainwashed into thinking about people that have been forced to live in tents, you know, as if, oh, well, you know, when I was 15 years old, I decided someday I want to live in a tent, you know, that that was their plan in their life. It's not their plan. It's City Hall's plan
4: for people to live in tents. Well said. I know you're part of the uh, protest, and I want to hold you any more longer. But I want to thank you very much for your time. Well, it was nice speaking to you, and God bless. Thank you. This is Theo Henderson from We The Unhoused. I'm going to, on, on the moment. I'm asking questions and asking people what they see and feel out here, because there seems to be a charge, electric charge in the air, with the protesters as well as the armed uh, battalion that they have—park rangers, police officers, and undercover officers as well. Um, here along with the De- Department of Sanitation as well as HAZMAT, I think they are, HAZMAT group, along with construction. Is that construction? I'm not sure. But there's a lot of uh, opposing people here trying to run out the unhoused, and they seems to be a new, new time, a new era. This is what's called the ballot or the banishment. This is Theo Henderson from We The Unhoused. Stay tuned for more. is a podcast we record every week. We interview people from different places and we use our resources in order for it to make it happen. And up to now, we've been depleting all types of energy, time, and patience to give you a quality product. Now, you will not hear our recordings in a quiet studio, but what you will hear is where we meet the uh, guest at these places where they are. In order for this to continue, we're going to need some help for a a lot of things, like my computer, I have none, Uh, different other equipment in order for us to start a new project where we will have We the Unhoused for people that are uh, wanting to share their stories visually, and then we're going to have a podcast for We the Unhoused for children. So in order for this to happen, we're going to need a lot of help from our listeners and for people that are interested in doing uh, something for the community. And after this, if you would like to uh, contribute to this campaign, you can contact Weezy and Howes on Twitter. That's my thing where I have a PayPal link and you can link it there and you can make any donation from $2 to $5 or however you feel. Uh, But it's really appreciated. Morning. This is Theo Henderson again from Weedian House. I'm live and in the field with a lot of action that's been going on today at Echo Park. So I'm having the studios with me is Ashley from ground Game LA, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on.
2: So today what happened was uh, this is the third large escalation that we've had over the last two months, um, because the first one was in January um, when our folks, our unhoused brothers and sisters here, were actually uh, threatened to be evicted. Um, So the power in the community has grown from there. Uh, Specifically today, this is the largest action that we've had thus far. Um, We've had over 100 people come out to support our unhoused brothers and sisters. There's about 60 unhoused brothers and sisters living here right now. Now, um, our guesstimate is we had uh, over a hundred organizers, activists, house members of the community come out to support. Um, we wanted to show a demonstration of um, what this camp is looks like and uh, had a lot of people bring in tents and uh, said absolutely not, like this sweep that was scheduled. We don't want this to happen until we get the meeting with our council member Mitch O'Farrell, as we've been demanding week after week, time after time, and continuously have gotten ignored. So. Um all we're looking for is a discussion and uh, an agreement with him that these folks will be allowed to say, the harassment will stop, because um, it's, it's, it's been constant, you know, PD comes out here at two and three o'clock in the morning just to rile people up and scare them with the threat of eviction, that's unacceptable. Um, terrorizing our in-house brothers and sisters who are already in, you know, some of the darkest times of their lives, it's, it's inhumane. So we want to have a conversation with our council member. Um, in the interim, we want them to be able to stay here, but we also want to build towards a more permanent solution, which is permanent supportive housing for every single person who's unhoused here, because that's what they want, that's what they're working towards, and they deserve it.
4: My question is, I noticed that there was a bulldozer here. What, why, why do you think they had a bulldozer here?
2: To be honest, I, I don't know for sure. This is my guesstimate. Uh, it's, it feels like an, intim, an intimidation tactic. The uh, large protests that we had before, they drove the bulldozer in, and I actually sat in front of it because people were like trying to jump in front of it to stop it. Um, and I've never seen them actually use a bulldozer to do a cleanup, so I think that that was just a scare tactic to get people to move out of the way and let
4: them. Hinge. Speaking of scare tactics, I just learned that Gil Cedillo mm-hmm. and Joe Piscano, or Mitchell Farrell, or both, Joe Piscano has authorized for. Uh, uh, park rangers to have weapons. Why is that? Is that a great idea to, to, due to the climate and the tensions that are going on now?
2: That is, I actually just heard of this today, and that is one of the most horrifying things I've heard in a long time. Um, I do not, The park rangers are already scary and intimidating on their own, and they have such hateful rhetoric, especially towards our unhoused brothers and sisters, giving them weapons, knowing that their, their mentality is that these people are terrible, they're dirty, they're drug addicts, they need to be incarcerated, they don't want help. Uh, That would be exacerbating the problem. I I would be truly fearful if something like that actually did come to fruition. I would fight we're going to have to fight that 100%. That can't happen.
4: One of the things I also wanted to point out is that there's a high level of police shootings with unarmed African-American or people of color mm-hmm. shootings. Um, do you think that that will be extended if they have park rangers with weapons? Do you think that's going to, we're going to see an increase in uh, shooting deaths with unhoused people?
2: With, without a doubt, without a doubt. If you look at our unhoused population, they're if you look at the demographics, marginally uh, oppressed people. Highest number of our unhoused brothers and sisters are African-Americans. So if they were armed, without a doubt, those numbers would go up.
4: Thank you much, uh, very much, Ashley. I'm going to uh, move on. I have CEO see a few other people I not to interview. No, but okay. I thank you for your time. And this is Theo Henderson for Whitty Unhoused. And, and I will keep you abreast of the new developments as they unfold. Henderson from Weezy on House. So I'm here asking um different uh, activists and homeowners, and um, they banded together with the unhoused community to stand out and speak out against the unhoused uh, eviction of Echo Park Lake. This has been an ongoing sore spot for Mitchell Farrell. He's been resistant in meeting with them, but I've learned that he has no problem meeting with the rich. He's thrown out of attack of the church over there for feeding the unhoused. He's done a, a definitely a campaign against the poor. Uh, earlier, I saw someone run by and says parks are for children. Children, which implies that unhoused people are criminals or a danger to children. So let's get in um, another perspective, a take from some residents here. So introduce us to our audience.
3: I'm Mac and Carol. And I'm Joey Bush. So what's your thoughts on this situation? I think it's really
8: sad that our neighbors are being harassed and are tr- being treated as the problem as opposed to a symptom of an institutional issue. And it like breaks my heart to watch my neighbors being harassed and having their property thrown away and feeling scared and, and not being able to go wash their clothes because they don't know if they come back and all their stuff is going to be gone. And so it just feels like... The least we can do as housed people who the city seems to respond to more than unhoused people, which is messed up, but uh, it seems like we should be using that uh, ability to capture attention in order to uh, meet with Mitchell Farrell, who has ref- uh, refused so far to, to meet with uh, my neighbors here at the camp. So what's your thoughts on though?
3: Um, I'm actually not from L.A. I'm I'm actually from Orange County, so I actually don't know a whole ton of the details of the situation. But I'm aware of the cause, and uh, my buddy Mack in here, I came with him. And, uh, yeah, I would just say that, especially, and especially to something that he didn't touch on, the park rangers are looking to get guns as well, from what I've heard from uh, some of the residents That's here. True. Right. Um, and, and, I mean, that just seems pretty nefarious.
4: Yeah, especially because of the aggressive nature that I'm observing. Here, what would they need guns for? For vulnerable people just trying to survive. I mean, exactly. Then, I, I, mean, just, I don't understand.
8: Yes. So. It's strange that the, the threat of violence comes into play with people just like using the park, and, and you know, and like people they're coming through and pretending to pick up trash and things like that. And you know, people are, are like anyone. Like if I, I, as a housed person, I'm allowed to have food in the park. Like so, it's it's crazy that the threat of violence is being uh, propagated specifically against the the
4: unhoused. It sounds like too as well. It's like that you say the propagation is that only certain people can have food and unhoused people are supposed to suffer and die uh, from starvation or just go somewhere but there's no place to go. I see you have a Bernie cap, so I obviously we're going to talk a little bit on that.
3: Um yeah, I mean uh Bernie is uh Bernie is my candidate and he and his entire base firmly believe that housing is a human right. Um and that's something that Bernie is fighting for and that's a huge reason why i'm a bernie supporter
4: this episode that i'm talking about uh for unhoused people we're having we're talking about the voting rights for unhoused people and the title is ballots or banishment um do you think the unhoused have uh the same voting rights as house people yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all we're all members of the same district,
8: and, and just because I live in an apartment doesn't give me more uh, shouldn't give me more legal power. And so, absolutely, uh, the residents of, of this park are as much constituents of Mitch O'Farrell as uh, as the rest of us. You, you agree?
3: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that.
4: So, is there anything you want our listeners to know um, to join if they feel that they want to take part of this? Uh, what would your suggestions
3: be? Come and protest with us. I mean, it, it, I, this is my first uh, time coming down here, but it's crazy to—it's crazy to see the immediate impact of your actions of protesting and and, and protecting people. Um, and so I would say that that's probably uh, The best thing and the other best thing Is just to get informed and, and and figure out what you can do to help Because a lot of these people don't have resources To be able to find ways to help But the people that do have resources Need to be the ones That are finding ways to help And helping the people who don't have resources Yeah, well I'm going to check out this podcast for sure And uh, Yeah, definitely oh, the,
8: reason- <laughs> the reason that I'm here Is because of a podcast called LA podcast, which mm-hmm. is a great local issues podcast, uh, run by Alyssa. Ooh, I don't know the last names. I'm not going to do the names, but it's a great podcast. And uh, Street Watch LA, um, and uh, yeah. Street Watch, so, yeah, oh, you wish Street Watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. well, uh, yeah. So I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're already aware. but uh, <laughs> Wednesday mornings yeah. at Echo Park Lakes, 7:30. Yeah.
4: Uh, 30 well, we're setting up tents and uh, protecting our neighbors. Yeah, excellent. This is Theo Henderson from Weezy Unhouse. Um, I'm going to keep you guys abreast of, of the situation. It seems like now that um, the police are standing off and just have a watch and see stance. And I don't see where the park rangers have got, uh, gone up to. So I'm going to uh, travel around to see, ask people around what their feelings are on this, this matter. Stay tuned. Lloyd was one of the representatives that had a sit-down conversation with um, a couple of Mitchell Farrell's lieutenants and the political process. Uh, it's full disclosure, Juan Forgroso has been one that has sided with the vigilantes in order to try to evict the unhoused uh, community. So it's kind of a, a bizarre that he would meet with uh, the unhoused resident and know Mitchell Farrell. So let's get the intake on what, what happened. How, how was the meeting?
9: Well, uh, initially, uh, we we went into the office, go into the lobby. I did have, uh, we had a a couple of, one, reporters, but people were just trying to record the conversation, uh, which, you know, is important. But eventually, we had one of the field deputies, his name is Juan Fergoso, and he allowed us, he allowed just me in, he wouldn't allow anybody else uh, to come in, and he was willing to sit down with me one-on-one to kind of discuss, you know, what the issues were. Now, the first thing I, I did tell him was, you know, who I was, what my situation was, um, and so that, and so for him to like remember who I was. Backstory: uh, We did receive an email from one of the field deputies response to the letter that, that had been sent out, where they were willing to help you know, a selective group of people with their housing. Um, and so I brought that up, but I told him that you know, that's not really what we were just aiming for here. Uh, we want housing for everyone, um, and also what's very important is for us to have a sit-down meeting with Mitchell O'Farrell, which we still have not uh, had. I did bring up that Mitchell Farrell had a meeting with uh, the seniors. Uh, that live at the 1902 place across the street from Echo Park Lake. So the question was why are you meeting with them and and not with us? So what we got in response to that was it was a process. He gave me all his business cards. He also gave me uh, pamphlets here uh, where you can put your name, uh, address, phone, email, and the concern that you have. And he's basically said that we can email him personally, we can fill out the information there, and then we can drop it back off with the office, but that he would be willing to set up uh, some type of meeting with Mitchell Farrell. That is something that he said that he could agree to. It was just the process. He said the process was wrong. So I asked him, you know, what is the process? What are we supposed to do? And he basically said that what we need to do is email uh, him and uh, respond to that email that he sent. Why didn't he say this before when we,
4: uh, the, all of the address uh, was lodged at him? Where, this mysterious process that's kind of curious. Um, if he had this process in place before, why did he just just explain that in
9: the the the, uh, the missive that he sent you? Uh, and that's that's something that it's a very good question. I'm not sure why he did that, um, but I, I I just found it encouraging that at least we were able to open the door this time and we're actually able to have a sit down uh, conversation. Unfortunately, people who came with me who wanted to record the conversation were unable to record it, which I was kind of disappointed with uh, because we just kind of. Uh, you know, want to document, you know, some of the the things that they may say or promise. Uh, But again, I was uh, the the only one that was allowed in the office. We were just kind of going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, One of the interesting things that uh, Juan kept saying was that the reason why the police keep coming out is because they keep getting calls. Uh, And what I brought up to him was, no, not necessarily because I, I don't believe that because a lot of the police, when they come out, it seems very organized. Sometimes they come 13, 14 deep. We have park rangers that show up at a specific time. Um, he also said that, well, and this is Juan saying this, he said, well, if we could comply to the 8 to 8, then, you know, uh, which is basically saying the tents being down uh, during the day at a certain time and then up, you know, uh, at a certain time of the night, uh, then everything should be fine. But what we're facing right now is the police showing up at 1030 and telling us that the parks are closed. So one person is saying 8 to 8 and the person the other person is saying the parks are closed. So where is is there some kind of consensus? Is there some kind of of an of agreement between what you know Mitchell Farrell is suggesting and what law enforcement is suggesting? What what is going on here? There is a coordination that's going on
4: because um, my reporters have unearthed a lot of the emails. They have a coordinated um focus on in-house people and their tactics is one uh, one of the reporters that I've interviewed stated that they have instructed by Mitchell Farrell and City Council President uh, Nuri Martinez to make these crackdowns. So, my question is this um, where do you go from here?
9: Well, where we go from here, uh, and and thank you for that question, is he gave me uh, a handful of intake forms uh, where you basically have the name of the residents. I think it was targeted towards the homeless uh, people that are in the encampment in Echo Park Lake, where we would put our name, address, phone number, and put our concerns, which most of our concerns would be housing. Uh, he uh, attacked it through a two-part uh, solution where we would uh, focus on housing for the uh, under housed, um, and then I was also pressuring uh, the second part of the solution, which is a sit-down meeting with uh, with Mitch O'Farrell. So we kind of agreed on you know, it being a two-part solution, where not only are you helping the homeless find something that's more consistent, but also uh, having a sit-down meeting with Mitch. So he said to have a sit-down meeting with Mitch, we have to just... Respond to the email that he sent out, um, have our list of expectations. One of the worries that he had was, uh, is the meeting going to be cordial? Uh, and I did uh, you know, reassure him that it would be uh, cordial, uh, but a group of us would want to meet with Mitch, to have a sit down with him. Kind of the same way that you know, Mitch had to sit down with the, the seniors across the street. So we'll see where it goes from here. Hopefully, uh, we can get some kind of progress uh, on it. Uh, but again, we have his business cards, we have the uh, intake forms, and we have that email that we're going to respond to. One last question: Do you
4: think the sweeps, uh, the police harassment, or the police uh, pushing for the park closures will
9: that continue? Well, and that's the confusing thing about it. One thing that I picked up is no one wants to take the blame for anything. Uh, um, you know, if I ask, you know, one for example, the, the the gentleman that I had the conversation with. Uh He's, he's basically saying, yeah, you know, he's aware of the sweeps, but it's eight to eight, you know, is what they they were okay with. This is, you know, uh, the the field deputy here. Um, but then when you talk to law enforcement, it's the parks are closed at 10:30, so we don't know what's going on. There's no consistency really in how they're attacking the situation. And while you know they're doing that, we're just basically trying to have a sit-down meeting with Mitch and and uh, try to resolve this. Unhoused uh, situation and bring to light this homelessness crisis that we know is statewide. So, thank you, uh, Lloyd, for your uh, for your
4: time and telling us what's going on. Yeah. So right now, it seems like everyone is in limbo on what's going on. Uh, this is Theo Henderson from Weedy Unhoused. I thank you for listening. I may we again made in light of understanding. Hi I'm you. This episode clearly demonstrates this quote. We are not makers of history. We are made by history. There is undeniable proof of history of police, park and city council, as well as nimbyism that has brought us to this time in history. The question becomes, how does these events shape you? There comes a time when people get tired of being pushed out by the glittering sunlight of life's July and left standing amid the piercing chill of an alpine November. This direct action should call upon you to not stay silent against the tyranny of corrupt officials that we entrust with power to do the right thing. When they are become the criminals, it is upon us as citizenry to push back and to remind them that civil rights is not just for the tony few. It is not just um, for police officers to weaponize, be weaponized against people of color or poor or unhoused people. It is designed for all of us. Housing is a human right. And it is incumbent upon us, housed and unhoused, to fight for the rights of all our citizens. This is Theo Henderson from We The Unhoused, and I will leave you with a quote. Power never takes a step back, except in the face of more power. Thank you for listening, and may we all get again meet in the light of understanding.
1: products not available in every state discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy discounts do not apply to life insurance policies visit mfm.com to learn how discounts may apply to
10: you american family mutual insurance company si and its operating companies american Family life insurance company 6000 american parkway madison wisconsin
0: bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too